Hello, hi, and welcome to another edition of Story World Explorers, where we're exploring the story world of the Come Up. So, the Come Up, written by Justin Burns and performed in by Irion Roach, um, won Best Dramatic Series at Catalyst, and Irion won Best Actress, Dramatic Actress. Um, it's all about the problems and the struggles that high school high schoolers go through and these individuals journeys while they go through slam poetry to deal with some of those stresses yeah you know and it, it it touches on like you know as a vehicle slam poetry is you know something that it really helps you focus you know it can touch on your mental health it can help you wrap around the situations that you find yourself in and while the come up does talk a lot about you know daily struggles of high schoolers it does touch on a lot of really dramatic and tragic things like gang violence budgetary concerns right. you know things like you don't know if you're going to have a school the next day because of certain issues that people make at the top and don't understand how it really impacts the people below them so it's a lens from the bottom of of those once again those decisions that are made up at top and um yeah we talked about a whole bunch of cool uh, a tiktok strategy again we're coming for you tiktok um and uh and a whole bunch of other stuff too so it was a great conversation enjoy the show enjoy welcome back to story world explorers today we're descending upon the story world of the come up uh, we are here with justin burns and irion roach um what uh irion is the uh, lead actress and actually won best actress drama actress at catalyst and the mm-hmm. entire piece itself won outstanding drama series um so congratulations to you guys both um you are the second award-winning um, Catalyst well, I mean, group yeah, that we yeah. had. But only only the first with two awards to the name. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely so that true. So um, Multi-award winning. We're excited to have you guys on. So let's uh, let's talk about the come-up. Give us uh, give us the, the uh, parameters of the world, the story that you guys have, have made, and, okay. and we'll go from there. Yeah. yeah so the come-up is a coming-of-age series about three Chicago high schoolers who use slam poetry to navigate their increasingly complicated lives. Um, I came up with the idea back in like 2016, 2017, right around the time that I was graduating high school. Ariane and the rest of our core cast, we all went to high school together. Um, And while in high school, we were doing um, theater. We were part of a really pretty rigorous theater program together. So we developed a pretty tight professional bond. Um, And then they also competed in Louder Than a Bomb, which is the world's largest youth slam poetry competition based right here in Chicago. And I knew that like, I needed something to get my writing career off the ground and we could all use something to get acting careers off the ground. So we came up with this idea for the show and it's a really, really unique drama series that uses Chicago and the youth art scene as a really interesting way to dive into a deep character study of teenagers. Yeah, great. And, and, you know, we got to see, we did get to see the piece at Catalyst, but we did get to uh, watch it. So thanks for sending that over to us. Um, and there, there's a lot of stuff that's that's going on. Um, obviously, I mean, Irion, your your performance was absolutely fantastic, definitely award winning, as uh, Catalyst found. Um, but one of the things that we saw that was that was really prevalent, and I think that we could start to talk on a little bit more, is this idea that you know here we are, we're 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 talking about high schoolers and the problems that you face in high school. Um, and how in reality, right, the original idea was is that the audience for this was going to surround high schoolers, other people that are going through the same type of stuff. And um, we played around with the idea during the pre, 
uh, podcast, a couple conversations that we had about how, you know, in reality, though they're high school problems, this could be a great window into understanding a generation, but also understanding that problems don't really stop. They just change, right? We we're dealing with the same sort of issues. Um, and of course, in the pilot, there's a, a tragic event that happens that, you know, doesn't just affect the high schoolers, but it helps show a perspective on, on what's actually happening in the world right now and how through um, certain eyes, it looks different and inspires different types of things. So um, yeah, let's, let's dive into that whole, that whole situation and, 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 why, why the story itself is so important to to get off the ground for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things to where when you grow up in Chicago and we all grew up in Chicago public schools, right around the time where there was a lot of, of shifting uh, political ideas. So like our freshman year of college, there was a major teacher strike about 50 schools being shut down by the city for budgetary purposes. There's obviously, in the news, a lot of youth gang violence, a lot of teens dying pretty much every day. Um, and it hasn't really gotten too much better. But at the same time, while there's all the, the bad stuff going on as teenagers, you're still trying to have fun 24 seven. So like you're, you're trying to like laugh some of these really dark things off. You're trying to either just like pretend that they're not there, which is kind of impossible. So you just kind of lean into them full flash. So like when you're, you have like these 14 and 15 year olds in the city who know more about like the overall city budget than most like 40 year olds. There's like talking shit in the hallways. Like, can you believe that they're fucking putting 10% of the budget into this and that and when we could get more textbooks and this. So it's like, there's a level of maturity I think among Chicago teenagers, Chicago public school teenagers that I think is kind of just forced upon them. So it's kind of playing with this idea of here are these kids and then here are all of these outside factors just trying to take the fun out of their lives. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think that you you illuminated something for me, and I've, I've never said this, this kind of just happened for me in terms of the story, but that um, definitely does tie into how it can relate to sort of intergenerationally, like adults kind of living through the world, you have to assume that maturity, we, we hope. Um, you are walking through the world as an aware person and taking in to account like all of these things, all of these factors around you. Um, but you also have to find joy and sort of make everything make sense in, in like help you move through the world anyway. Um, and I think that's what's so interesting about dipping into these characters as like they're low key kind of us and it's kind of our story is, you know, when we were in high school, I think like, damn, like I, we, we were tired. Like you get tired of having to like go to rallies about your school shutting down. And, and organizing, you know, all of your other artist friends to raise money for your schools. And um, I think that's something that we see these characters end up not taking for granted, but like, sure, that's just the thing that I do. Just the same as an adult you might be like, sure, that's just the job that I do. This is just my job. This is just my work. This is just my day. These high schoolers have to do that too, um, even though, and they have to sort of remind themselves that they do get to be a part of something really meaningful and really powerful um, and, and figure out how they can continue to use that as a tool as opposed to letting that just be something that slips through the cracks as well. Yeah. And you know, you touched on like um, kind of, and I just remembered this too, because there it was a really kind of a hard time being in school at the time. Like I went, I was in college during the big budgetary things and there was, I mean, 
we, I went to we went to Northeastern, and it's such a small school. There is no endowment at Northeastern, so if they didn't get funding, they were going to close. Right. And there was a point where I think it was like all the teachers were mandatory had to take a furlough for oh, yeah, each yeah. each week. They couldn't work. So one day, if you had only two days of class, one day of that class wasn't there, and you couldn't talk to the professor. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't ask him questions. Right. You know, there was no way to, like, one of my professors actually said, come over to my house. I can't go to the school. We can't do this stuff there, but come over to the house, and I'll give you a half hour, and we'll just talk about the project. Right. And, you know, and so, yeah, that is something that, you know, I don't think a lot of people past not in our generation definitely not in our city um have ever really experienced the fact that you know your school which shouldn't be like a closable thing um <laughs> is going to could close and for the college it was like you could lose your accreditation so there you go if you're right. about to graduate you don't have any accredit none well right. nobody's going to be there to transfer your right. uh, transcripts yeah um, but i think at the core here right we're talking about like we often are viewing these instances and these these problems through a through a, a, a like a glass, right? We're not actually in them, um, and I think that a lot of people that make these decisions about the budgetary stuff aren't actually in them. The impact isn't actually felt by them. They see the numbers, they th you know, they see the digits, and they're going down, and so it's like, well, we got to get those back up, and so we don't actually know the type of impact that that can have, and the come up doesn't really address or at least not currently in the in the pilot format um address the budgetary issues um all that like exclusively um you know there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that obviously that they're dealing with in the in the classroom in the school that they're at um but it is that same type of looking through it through the eyes of somebody that's experiencing the decisions that you're making right um so like like in the the tragedy we'll go ahead and spill the beans can we spill the beans as to what happens spill okay well no all right well something oh yeah so um so yeah so uh, the main character that irion plays um, her brother is shot at a uh, at a concert of some sort um and because of gang affiliation we're not entirely sure what what the reason was um, there's some some foreshadowing. I'm sure we'll find out later. Um, and so that that whole thing of the impact of of less gun control, of the accessibility to to weaponry, um, to you know the gang violence and everything, and the lack of resources to underprivileged or not underprivileged, but um, under um, budgeted communities, um, and not being able to to get the resources that they need so that they result to such a, you know, to gang and territory stuff and whatever, stuff that really doesn't mean anything. Um, but from that standpoint, right, if you're if you're looking at it from, say, a, a boomer generation or a millennial generation, which all of a sudden, you know, Jack and I are getting older and older. However, he's still on that cutting edge. He might be a Gen, he Z. Might be Gen I'm Z. I'm definitely a millennial. Um, that those decisions that we make when you're in that position do impact and cause these kinds of stories. And I think that that's what it really can do with the come up when we're, as we're talking about it, which we haven't even mentioned slam poetry once yet. And here we are, you know, 15 minutes into the conversation, um, which we'll definitely dive into that as to the whole focus of the, of the story itself. Um, but we don't really feel that impact. And I think that seeing it through the eyes of people that actually experienced it, seeing that you guys were actually, you know, went to high school, this is basically your story. Um, 
and the impact that that can have on decisions, right? We forget a lot that uh, entertainment does um, impact social policy. It really mm -hmm. does, right? Because if you get that out there and people start to pay attention to it, people start making decisions on it, right? That's like, oh, that's right. 1984, Big Brother. We don't want that to happen. So let's, you know, it's, I mean, we, we have these uh, mechanisms to warn and to consider a future that might not be the one that we want, or yeah. we can do it through this lens where it's like, hey, this happened, you know? This happened, so let's not let this happen again yeah. because this is how this impacted this group of semi-fictional characters, right? Um, yeah. So, think, yeah, so let's, yeah, go ahead. I think kind of going back to, you had mentioned earlier about how, you know, the, the design for the show is kind of like written for us, by us, with like a whole teenage thing in mind. And I think that's that's why it's kind of been able to get a decent chunk of the boomers, I guess, we'll continue to call it. Like the older people from anywhere from like 30 to like, uh, uh, like my grandfather in his 70s, who's like suburban Michigan his whole life, was like, this really like hit home for me. And I was like, okay, cool. I wasn't, I was expecting like a good job, grandson. But he was like, <laughs> no, I completely am involved. And I think that just comes, it speaks like the level of authenticity to when that's when I write, I don't think of necessarily who I'm writing it for from like an audience perspective because I feel like you're writing it for the audience and then the story can get kind of muddled or that just maybe that's just how I am but I think that keeping it wildly authentic from a character and just a, a scenic standpoint is kind of what allows the audience to come into the emotions of the characters and then instead of getting stuck on the situations that they're in because the situations are really just there to show the insides of the characters and i think that the authenticity of having lived through a lot of the stuff that we're diving into on the show kind of helps transcend that gen z millennial boomer barrier yeah right. in that way like you avoided a huge trap that I see in a lot of the media that we consume now, a lot of the new media, because everyone's listening to the moment, everyone has their ears to the ground and like, that's a really great thing. Um, but then it means that we're always like confronted with ideas. Like it's it's an idea of a piece and the lesson of a piece. And this show is talking about talking about this thing as opposed to these people. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about, you know, all the things we've talked about, the budgeting and, you know, the gun violence. Um, those are things that, like the most you hear about gang related things before uh, Dre is killed is Jazzy being like, my character being like, hey, like, I hope you aren't doing that. And then mm -hmm. he dies and no one goes, I told you so, I knew it, these darn gangs. It's like, okay, and now I'm dealing with the loss of my brother in, in what right. yeah. um, And I think that you, when you talk about like the people that exist through these things, people get to, see they they can take the lesson for themselves and you don't have to sort of like throw it at them um and then you get people to just carry you through like you said like to yeah. carry you through these situations and you draw your own conclusions and you know you feel so much smarter as an audience member at the end of like huh yeah well <laughs> I, i've come to this myself instead of you know yeah. at the end of the episode looking right into the camera and going see gun violence is bad and we need yeah. more schools right um, right exactly and and yeah and that's definitely um you don't want to take and that's the big thing that we we take away a lot with um and with that we've heard a lot from you know people that we spoke, spoke to at catalyst that are in decision making powers is do not write what you think 
or do not write on yeah. the trends of today, right? Yeah. And trends, I mean, is kind of yeah. loosely used here with right. like I, budgetary issues and stuff. Yeah, and I know, and I know, it's like um, it's always it's always good to never like you know you don't want to write to what you think people want. Right. That is that's yeah. the that's a pitfall, and you'll never you'll chasing things forever. Right. But as we've been you know doing this podcast for a little bit, we do know the importance of writing you know, something that an audience wants right. and needs. And that's the difference. It's like, don't write, don't pander to them. Don't pander. Don't pander. But you also have to be thinking about, like, who is this audience? Like, right. who needs it? And if it is you that needs it, then, you know, that is the audience. And there are more than one you around. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, just I yesterday, I ran into a Justin Burns at a, at a coffee shop. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, right. So it's that distinction of, uh, sorry about that joke. <laughs> that was really, uh, you were going to let it go. That was such right. a, I was no, just, he almost went away with it and it would have been perfect because I saw you guys look at each other like, wow, he just made that joke <laughs> and he didn't address it. <laughs> Um, the mustache could have sold it yeah. for him. Uh -huh. like, but um, so you have you have this right exactly. It's the what we lose with not paying attention to the audience uh, or or thinking about an audience when we're making a piece. Right? Is that um, how can we possibly? Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a it's a, it's that a diamond edge sword that you're walking on. You're just kind of tiptoeing on either side, and you don't want to go too far to pander. Then you don't want to go too far to make something that nobody wants to watch. You also don't want to neglect right. your audience. Right, and that's exactly. the thing yeah. because it's the the person you're the people you're trying to impact and change and say, hey, there are people like you out here. You know, mm -hmm. those people need to know that they're validated by the project that you're making. You know, well, from, yeah. like just like what your grandfather said. You know, it hit really really hard for him because you know it I, the different perspective that i'm sure that he's never experienced before outside of you know reading it in the newspaper um you know and that's it, it brings it back to reality of of things that are actually going on and that's that that impact that we can really have um yeah and so that's why i think it, it's it's so important for us to you know consider different ways to um expand the themes that we're talking about in the come up through different types of media to expand it, to make sure that we can find that audience. That's like, you know what? We got to see this series made because yeah. we know the impact that it can have right on people that just so happen to turn it on, on Netflix or whatever, when they're, you know, they finish the series that they're on or it's recommended to them or whatever, however they happen to come across it, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that like, with, I think with a young adult genre right now and, kind of why I'm still so like intrigued just as we continue to develop this series I'm still like wow this is this is really good uh, <laughs> is because I feel like in the young adult genre right now there's there's a lack of like subtlety mm. a lot of the um ideas like what we're talking about where it's like it's kind of like here's what Gen Z is saying on Twitter and that is now the right. dialogue for this show mm -hmm. and I think that with having slam poetry be a big part of the show and what we haven't really talked about it much yet and this conversation is kind of how kind of playing out the way that the script is playing out to where in the pilot as it is now you don't really hear any slam poetry until like 20 minutes in and that was an intentional choice on my part because when i first pitched the show back when i was at columbia um they would do like for it was like a tv development class and you they yeah. a couple like people to pitch to and my opening line for the pitch was, when was the last time you saw slam poetry on television? And the one guy goes, what? And I'm like, 
when was the last time you saw slam poetry on television? And he goes, never. And I was going to keep going. And my teacher was like, uh, do you know what slam poetry is? He's like, I have no idea. And I was like, all right, cool. This is a great start. But I was like, slam poetry is one of those things to where, you know, it's either in big budget comedies is like the joke where it's like, I'm now at the microphone and I'm being very overdramatic and it's kind of uses like the punchline. So I think that by setting it up kind of as we dive into the characters first and then bring in the slam poetry in a really grounded and realistic way, it kind of allows people who don't know what slam poetry is or only think of slam poetry as kind of this like funny little thing, like a side it kind of allows them to dive really deep into it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And and we haven't di- dived in, so let's dive in, dove, dived, um, into the whole slam poetry side of things, which um, during our conversations, we had a, a great kind of revelation um, when we were talking about the narrator versus the author. Um, and very often we sit there and we talk about poetry or, or the written word or whatever as an expression of the human experience when at any given time right and here we are talking about slam poetry where it's written in a, in a certain way but it's the it's that separation between the experience and then what we're actually um what we're actually writing what we're actually saying which is really really interesting because you know even even during the um the the fantastic once again like if we could show it during the podcast i'm going to we'll split it up and we'll insert insert here um and if not then that's that's totally fine because it's so impactful we'll find okay excellent yeah we'll we'll splice it in there just a just a quick one minute thing which is becoming a theme now we're having a lot of people wanting to put in media well you know which is important right i'm growing up in chicago where everything is fine Unless the sun is up or the sun is down or it's a day in the summertime, I don't know where to go anymore. I don't know where to go anymore. Now, I've been to a funeral for every year of my life. But of course, some years were skipped, so some years I went twice. And the math seems right, because if you stare and listen to the tick of the clock, you stare into the barrel of the click of the Glock. In the next six seconds, a mother has to help her child make a six-foot drop all while I just went to Nick's to get a guy with fries and a can of pop. Just like the pop pop of the block when a cop stopped by. Now you lock with a rock and no alibi. You got caught by the boss, can't sell a supply. Now you run into your mama in a body bag like my bullets don't have a name. But even if they did, they'd still be nameless. She says, the quicker the death, the quicker the death, the quicker the death, the less painless. Because I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. I love you or I told you so. Or whisper, whisked away white widow remedies from the olden golden days. Now I sell blood, sweat, tears, and bullet shell casings from my in-home candy store population. Because it's so fantastic on such a variety of levels. Because it is talking about Irion's character. And I'm sorry, I cannot remember what was, uh, what was the character. Jazzy? Jasmine? Jazzy, Jazzy yeah. Jazzy. So um, her experience with, with everything that's going on. But then it also has a whole bunch of just the scenario that she finds herself in. Um, along with her own personal experience. And almost like a cry for help of... What am I supposed to do? What are we supposed to do in these situations? Why is nobody helping? Why is nobody... We're all just kind of ignoring this, right. what's going and on. it's really hard to even pinpoint how to help. Right. You know, in terms of like, you know, it's like, you know, my brother's dead. Like, you know, it's like the time to help was before that happened. Right. You know, now right. I'm left with this reality. And, you know, you, you, what, are we supposed to adopt a new brother? Is that going to help right. fill the void? It's like there's no way to fix that problem. But you know. what the message was and the origin of the message from the author 
is there's a difference, right? It expanded out. It became something far more impactful than if you were just to have gone up there and said, oh, well, you know, my brother died. This is how he died, you know? And there's, and that it's a, there's an importance to that in the pilot itself and then probably throughout, you know, with the poetry thing, yeah. um, as we find out more about these characters, as this outlet of expression that I think that more people can kind of, well, just going back to the whole generational thing, you know, just more people can understand that perspective through the emotion and the words of a slam poetry than necessarily reading it, once again, in a newspaper or, or seeing it as a highlight on a on a news program. Um, you can actually feel it. You feel the urgency. You feel the the impact, um, which is such a such a grounding theme throughout the whole the whole piece. Yeah, and I think um, slam poetry is the one of the few like poetic forms i don't know poetry you know art all of it is expressive and, and figurative and you know all those good things but i think slam poetry is so specifically performative that um it's the one where i think the one poet poetic art form where there is you have an easier and also yet a harder time delineating like the author from the speaker um, because I can go up there and be like, I just want this piece to be performed. It's spoken word. I could write it down, but the fact, the thing that makes it itself is the fact that I'm going to say it out loud in front of people. So it could be a complete lie. I actually just want to get this reaction from the audience. I actually just want to get this score in the competition. Um, so there's that thing. And it, once you're around it enough, you can kind of smell that bullshit, excuse my language, but you can kind of smell that of like, oh, you kind of just did that because you, you needed to right then. And not right. like your soul needed to, but like you tactically needed to right. get a nine. Right. Um, but also you, it, I think it starts from a place because it actually is like the, the origin of hip hop. Um, it starts from a place of, of a soul need of like, okay, no, I actually had this thing to say and just getting in front of this room and saying my brother died and I'm really sad is not actually what I'm feeling. It's actually all these other things where I needed to say a bunch of stuff that actually might not relate to me right now. Like she goes, right on about like, you know, I, I hope my sister has a spouse and a kid da, da, da. and maybe that's not the thought I had, but the thought she had is I want hope. How do I talk about yeah. hope? I talk about the future, even if I'm not thinking about those things, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that once that's like, again, when that's the world you're already living in and, and we aren't taking the time to be like, see audience, like this is how a slam poem is constructed. And this is how, once you just see a person or a group of people who already live in that world, try to like navigate the nuance of it. And and cause I think um, that's a, a big crux of, of Jazzy's like storyline and, and story is um, she has this tool, she has like this power how does she decide to use it? Because that's what ends up happening is, you know, these kids, you find your voice. We were lucky enough to be around people, young people who had found their voices and were actually just figuring out how to use it, like how to flex it. What am I using it for? When I'm using it, is it genuine? Am I actually using it anymore if I'm just like performing all the time and not actually feeling anymore? So um, I think slam poetry like offers a really cool window into okay like yes it's cool it's exciting maybe people don't know what it is um but what does it mean when you when you do know what it is and you get to like wield it however you want to and i think right. to even add yeah. on to that too is is the poem that is in the pilot now irion wrote that what year did you write that 2014 2014 when mm. what, what, your first year in high school second high school second yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like yeah so it's like the poem that you see in the pilot is is written 
from the time that she was, you know, 14, 15. Mm. And then I kind of, uh, before professionally asking if we could use the poem in the piece, I kind of wrote uh, some of the story around the poem itself because it was able to kind of get me back into the time of like, okay, here's where I was in 2014, here when I was in high school, you know? So I think it kind of adds just another layer of, for us now as 23, we're still young, but to be able to go back routinely into the 14, 15 year old headspace based off of past poetry and just being able like, to see things that we did like 10 years ago now is kind of like, it, it brings a level of nuance to, I think, the characters in the story overall, because it is kind of just taking stuff from that time period and putting it to where we are now, and then just kind of combining a lot of elements. So it's just a really unique, I don't think that there's, can ever really be too too much like it really yeah. i think this is a good time to transition into some sort of other content that we could talk about to try to get people into this world and get them excited about seeing the come up when we sign the 100 million dollar uh netflix deal um <laughs> um so one of the things that we were thinking or one of the things that you guys had brought up was that inside of the poem um idea on net on, on netflix on netflix netflix are you listening we we have something for yeah, you on I instagram have dinner. They are, are they subscribed <laughs> they're subscribed yeah, yeah they they listen oh, to everything yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they won't do anything that we want to do but everybody right. else um they, they listen quite intently intently yeah. to yeah. not do things um but on instagram um what would that that idea that it was like the kind of almost getting into the author's head or the speaker's head of the poem um and kind of just dissecting it down a little bit as to what the actual message was yeah it's kind of like i got the idea from just like watching shows on hbo how like at the end of like an episode they're like inside the episode and i get to hear from like the writer and then like who's ever actor was like the a storyline that episode and like where it's going and i always like that from an acting and writing standpoint because you just kind of get to dive a little bit deeper and kind of understand the process a bit more and kind of be like, oh, okay, I see why that was there. Um, and I think that was something like slam poetry to where I think we do a good job of, you know, you can kind of, you'll get the gist of it and you can really like understand the emotional aspect of it, but there are parts that are faster paced. There are parts that, you know, may have a lot of subtext that isn't necessarily something that a lot of people would have that, uh, information to pick up the subtext on mm -hmm. i think it's something to where if it's like a five to seven minute you know instagram video youtube video anything that's like easily shareable just kind of like have Ion break down the poem be like mm -hmm. this is this is why i wrote this line this part is because on um, this date this actually happened or just mm -hmm. kind of give people a deeper inside scoop i guess of how it was written why it was written and then just kind of like where do we go from here Right. And I think that it's such a beautiful community building opportunity. Yeah. And I say that because, you know, there are there are poets out there um, that are in high school that are going through similar or whatever their own t kind of difficulties that are out there doing this stuff already. And they don't have a platform to then put that stuff out. Um, and coming up with, and obviously, sorry, my transmedia brain just went, I just leaped into the future of a magazine. I'm coming back. I'll read yeah. it back in. <laughs> where it in a publication, eye. right? You have like a publication of some sort, but you can have this place where if 
you know, you can invite them on or you can do your own interpretation of the poem or you could post as some sort of a publication on Instagram for this. Like, hey, you know what? Um, you wrote this, you wrote this piece. It's like, you know, whatever. It's this amount of words, whatever. We're going to do it spoken, right? So it will be recorded. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be, you know, them on screen. It could just be the word scrolling by, kind of how they do the those lyric videos that many people pirate the music and then just put the mute, the lyrics on. But something like that with, you know, graphics stuff behind it, but so they can hear it, right? They hear the passion, they hear the emphasis and stuff. Um, being spoken as like in a slam poetry, but more probably in a controlled environment like this, um, as an outlet for that expression. Um which I think that's a that's a really interesting idea because you start with, you know, Ariane, you start with yours and then you're like, we're looking for more people. And then in the meantime, while you're talking to some people, and I'm sure there are communities out there that already exist within the Chicagoland area about poetry. I cannot think of any off the top of my head. Literary man. There's, yeah, there's nothing on the top of your head. No, there's nothing on the top of my head. Okay, excellent. Um He's like, I, yeah, well, anyways, he, he's better read than I am. So I don't know um, if what what those would be, but just doing even a slight bit of research and having that as a platform of being like, we want to, the slam poetry, once again, is not the sole focus of the come up, but it plays a major part in this, in high school, right, people it, expressing it's, themselves. Right, it's how, it's how they communicate the emotions that, you know, you can't otherwise, you know, verbalize you mm -hmm. know and that's exactly why you do art in the first place right and, and i think i would have been interested in something in that at the time during high school because i mean you like you said you have a lot of weird thoughts that are going through your head like this is the most important thing on the planet um just even thinking back on it makes you laugh but um at the time that's like a such a huge thing that's going on that it could be a really yeah i think it's a really cool opportunity to target that initial audience demographic of that you guys were thinking about which were high schoolers people that are going through this stuff right now <laughs> we had this conversation um that was all about that trying to find those those champions those apostles the ones that will take this to the ends of the earth that really want to see this happen and in my mind i just went to like a teacher of some sort that would want to see this really advance forward that can be almost like a cultivating um uh yeah. resource Right. You know, hey, you know, you know new students come in, and, we're know, finding the good ones and trying to make this amazing and, poetry. And and it comes back down to, you know, a really simple thing about mental health. I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, if you bottle up these emotions, they can become toxic. But if you're able to express them and not only express them, but in a situation where people like hear it and understand it and clap and, you know, say, right. hey, I understand this, you know, that could be a big thing that could get that person out of a you know, a bad time. Right. I also want to say one thing about like getting older from what I found out we're all touching on it. It's like, I feel like everything is so serious, but the stakes are so low. <laughs> and as, as you get older, everything becomes so less serious, but the stakes, stakes are, are so, so much higher. higher. <laughs> so yeah, it's absolutely. like, I mean, like I'm just thinking about like in grammar school, what it meant to tell a girl you liked them. You, you thought you were going to die if that information leaked. So yeah. now, if someone says, it's like, oh, yeah, fine, yeah, okay, what what does right. that mean? But, you know, it's like the stakes are just so much. Yeah. There's nothing that could possibly happen to you, but everything is so serious. 
in those years. So, yeah, that's just what I was thinking about. I'm like, I, I worded that in a way one time and it made a lot of sense. And so I figured that out. So <laughs> thought I'd share that with you guys. Well, it made sense to us over here. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. like, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, what is it? It's a, it's a, it's a collective truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't, you don't, and doesn't matter if you talk to your high school self right now and say, you know, not this, this, there's no stakes to this whatsoever. They would not believe you for a second. Yeah. Like what could be more important than this? Yeah. God. I, I think it's just like that collective as each day goes by, we just all give less of a fuck about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like it just kind of progresses really nice from like preschool to like <laughs> to where it's just kind of like as each day goes on, you're like, eh, I'll be fine. Mm. I'll yeah, get it. Right, right, right. It's whatever. So I, you know, I lost my job. Uh, you know, I'll find another one. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it just you get used to moving. But there's something yeah. that, that got me thinking about, and this isn't like a completely new idea. It kind of it kind of is related to the inside the poem but um you brought up like how this is actually a, a really important i don't know exercise in mental health and in maintaining mental health which is also like a theme of the show just watching these these kids like try to be okay um but i think what i appreciated and, and justin and i had extensive conversations of like okay so let's say like we have the team what does a like practice look like? Like, what does it look like to be writing these poems with a team? And that, I think that's actually really tied to like working on your mental health because it seems like, and it feels like, no, we're working on this poem. Like, okay, you got the bare ideas out, you got the bare emotions out, but you know, you need to change up this part if this is what you want from the audience. Um, what are you trying to say here? It's really vague, like be super clear. And it, it becomes like working on the thing, but while you're working on this poem, you're actually working on, like for someone, for you to bear your soul in a poem and then someone go, that's unclear, what do you mean? And, but since you're answering not from a like, oh, well, this is like, this is what I mean emotionally. It's like, oh no, this is what I mean. So this is what I need to write in the poem. It really, like you don't realize there's a dis dissonance, but you don't realize that you are clarifying your feelings for yourself and you're clarifying how to articulate them. And maybe, you know, this poem is about my mom or my dad or whatever right. strange yeah. relationship. And I don't have to say it to them, but I have to imagine that I am. And so I have to get super specific. Like that actually means a lot, whether you realize it as a young person or not. Um, and I think it'd be really cool to, you know, if there were poems coming in from other people or even, you know, an extended clip of like, this is what, workshopping a poem looks like like this is yeah. not only how it was built and like why I wrote this line but like no okay Elle has that poem in this episode and this is how she and Jazzy made it and like works through it and or you know someone sent a poem in and they don't know where it's going and all they have is the voice clip oh I think it'd be really dope if you you know got clear about this but I don't know even bringing other poets in other artists yeah. just that was it was I don't think I've even mentioned this to you but it's been an idea I had for probably about like a year or so now yeah. it's kind of like you've there are a, like a ton of youth programs of the city focusing on slam poetry. I know the latter than Obama's are going around, Kumba Links is a big one. <clears throat> um, and I had the idea of obviously like we kind of have a general sense of what our lead characters in their poems are gonna be or like from like a time frame where we're pulling from. But in the scope of a competition, you know, there's like the one rival team that's won every year the past three years that they're going up against. But then there's also like other teams that, you know, we have to either like like little snippets of just to kind of build out the world. And I think that having this competition right now kind of just tied it all in on, in on how to do that is kind of, I wanted the idea of like, all right, if we 
get like a nice little following of Chicago teenagers and we just kind of use them in the show as kind of like background mm-hmm. extras but it's like them just doing poems they have at that time <laughs> I think it kind of I think can do like a really cool thing of one audience building of building like that core fan foundation but also giving these teenagers a chance to like be on a set be, yeah, on, yeah, uh, yeah. be on camera for a little bit and it, it aids both the stories world and it aids their personal world and I think that that's a cool way to just kind of combine right and one of the things that we were talking with with Jeff Gomez was you have to have your audience at least feel like they can impact the canon of the world right like they have some sort of say and by saying hey you know we do this thing you know if you interact with us there is a possibility that one of your poems is in the world right you know that's well, you can make thing. it into a competition but then kind you're also like you said there are all these programs that are going on in chicago and we've just kind of identified two communities that we could start to attack as soon as we hang up here we can go and we could start to try to find those any sort of like class or communities that are revolving around poetry or slam poetry but number two is the psychology right the mental health of teenagers which is becoming more and more prevalent on a day-to-day basis because you know when we could talk about mass shootings and all this you know terrible things that are going on it's because once again we think that that is the most important thing in the world and they haven't gotten to the point where they stop giving a fuck so much um so you you have these two communities that are bustling but they're looking for outlets to continue to connect to more people Right. And I mean, that's even what you just said there, Justin, about like, yeah, they can you can feel like they can um, they can be more involved in the world. You get more involved in the community then they feel like there is some sort of an outlet there's some sort of like an end game almost for their poetry that it's not just they're just doing it and speaking into a vacuum somewhere. Um, but it's also that you're building up this amazing, amazing audience and these mechanisms and the impact that you can make. Um, it's so, it's so, it could be so huge. And that's what gets us really excited about it. Um, so just even, you know, starting off, if we just try to, if I try to get my mind back down to the beginning, right. Of going like, Hey, you know what? Find one of those, um, one of those slam poetry groups and be like, we're looking for poems and we're looking for you guys to perform them on our Instagram. Aha. And maybe they're too young. Maybe it's gotta be on TikTok. Okay. Right. Or maybe even, you know, like it, whatever. Right. If, if, like, hey, listen, man, you know, <laughs> my girlfriend has a sister who's much younger and she is like, I don't even know how to use Instagram. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs> so old. And I looked at her, I'm like, I don't know how to use TikTok. And she's like, well, that makes sense. And I'm like, okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, so whatever platform it exists on, what, however it would exist, um, and if that makes sense um, to them, um, like that's that's such a, an yeah, easy you know. step that you, we can take to start to impact um, and start to community build. And once again, finding that champion of, and you know, all the teachers all over the city in the public schools, Jack and I went to public schools all the way through Northeastern's. I said, Oh, it is yeah, a public, it's, it's a state school, whatever. Well, I mean, it's essentially just a bigger, yeah, high, a bigger school. high school. Um, <laughs> what a, what a rave review. Northeastern. Oh yeah. So, well, I mean, well, you know what they well, say. We, got, we, we don't have debt. We don't have debt we right. there, but well, yeah, you know I mean, what they say? They say, you got to go to Northeasy where everything's breezy. Yeah. 
And it is. It's very true. It's very true. I missed uh, that memo when I went to college. I really wish oh, I could. Oh, you should have. Yeah, it should have. It says the piece of paper. Piece just, of paper says that you completed it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so there's so many. That's such an easy step to take um, because then we can tr- start to find those champions. And I feel like they are going to be the teachers and the parents of the world, those community builders that have subsequently have communities yeah. around them that are already paying attention to what they're saying and getting them on your side as a champion or saying, Hey, there's this series that's being produced or that's in the works and they're trying to get a following around it. Right. How could they not get excited about helping that happen? And you know what? It even goes, you know, I was, and I I was thinking about, you know, just, you know, because, you know, his girlfriend also works for Habitat for Humanity and they're building houses and they're trying Mm -hmm. to build communities. And a lot of these places, they get them all together and they're like, this is community starts. This is where it starts, you know, and they give them more access than, you know, just that, you know, uh, community basketball game. Right. It could be there could be these things about, oh, yeah, well, you know, you could do this and stuff, perform yeah. this art, art, artist stuff, you know, and right. you know, slam poetry is an important thing to like, you know, if it's going to help with mental health, it's going to help you express yourself. It's going to give you an outlet. You know, it's going to. It's essentially like a group therapy session, to be honest. Like you have all these people coming up and being able to express themselves and and actually have an open, honest display of what's actually going on up here, which we don't often do. And that leads to more problems. Um, So, yeah, so I think that's that's a great that's a great step. And it's fantastic, Justin, that you already kind of identified that that would be a good, good area to explore. I mean. Because it, it's just, it's, it's right there. We know that there's never, that every story, right, has already been told. Mm-hmm. So that means that there are people that are grappling with these problems and they're grappling with these situations and they're already doing stuff. And so as creators, what we can do is then say, hey, I want to help too. This is what I'm working on. Let's get together and make this stuff happen. Yeah, and I feel like, especially right now, there's so much, so much content whether it's from like high budget produced TV shows to, you know, TikTok to wherever the hell people, you know, there's just so much, there's so much stuff going on 24 seven that to me, you know, with, with like, from a writing standpoint, from a producing standpoint, it is very much like, yes, at this point in time, every story has been told. It's now just kind of like, how do you tell it? Mm. And I think with this project, it's the slam poetry is kind of our vehicle of telling it and then i think that you know a lot of it is just like distribution of it too is like how do you distribute this story how do you get this across to your audience it's finding that to me is not more interesting but that to me is a very interesting route of kind of like setting a new type of story to where it's not just the dialogue it's not just the the finished episode it's kind of how we go about getting that into people's minds and faces right that to me is a really fun challenge that's for when i wear my yeah. producer hat that's what I, yeah, i'm always like all right how do we get these people but no i think that and also being able to have you know a, a fairly decent pilot shot i think how long can i don't use to you use tiktok right? i do unfortunately how long, I use tiktok <laughs> that everyone who whenever i i don't i i'm Every, trying to just well, you're, you're just whenever very I, aware of how soul-sucking it is but you can't stop that's so it's part. everyone's like ah, yeah i am <laughs> whenever i ask anybody about tiktok they're like 
Yeah, unfortunately, it's everyone uses the word. It's like it's knowing. Weird. Yeah, you know what? It's it's almost like it's like, oh, do you smoke? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like right. knowing you do a hard drug, and if someone's like, do you do that, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say it'd be so cool to like scroll. I do use it. So to scroll TikTok, especially with like the life of slam poetry now, like we've talked about how important it is to Chicago, but it's it's more or less dead. Like it, you know, louder than a bomb, especially with the last couple years um, in the way that everyone's interrogating like power structures, you know, everything mm -hmm. sort of has crumbled for good reason. Yeah. If it needed to go, it, it had to go. And even with the pandemic on top. Of yeah, with the pandemic on top, yeah. you can't go to the Metro and watch, you know, some teenagers. Like, no, that's not something that's going on. Um, so I'm thinking about even if I was on TikTok and scrolled across like a poem, that wasn't like cringe and wasn't a joke and wasn't, you know, it was all those yeah. things we were talking about. I'd kind of be like, oh, okay. Like, How long can videos be on TikTok? You, you know? can get three minutes now. Well, boom. Three minutes now? Three there minutes you go. Now. That works. I think, I think the go. poem in the pilot as it is shot is minutes. roughly three. Yeah. So there maybe we can, you know, just post that motherfucker on TikTok and just let the money roll in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, what this, what it will, ones. yeah, maybe not the money, but definitely inspire some other people that then all of a sudden that becomes a, a global thing. Well, yeah, people I think, posting with the, yeah, yeah, I think if we can find a way to, you know, have that poem, because I mean, obviously, I think if we've now seen it by this point in the podcast, if we're doing, yeah, right. We'll find whatever audience. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's one of those things to where, you know, if we get a chance to post that whole poem on TikTok or even just across TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff, and then kind of link it back to the pilot, to like a public viewing platform, hopefully in the next few months, it can kind of be a cool way to garner followers or our social patrons to get people to watch the show and then to get people talking about it. And then I think that can kind of aid into not only, all right, cool, would you guys want to see this show produced to a full 10 episode limited series, but also, hey, you guys played a cool part. It's almost like crowdfunding, but like without the money. So it's called crowdsourcing. Crowdsourcing. Oh, I guess that is that has been a thing. I don't know why I thought that was very. Like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, well, because not many people talk about crowdsourcing. Um, uh, uh, Richard Bodo, um, RB from Stage Thirty Two, wrote a book on crowdsourcing. Oh my God, that a while ago now. Yeah. Um, which is a fantastic book. Um, and it's so crazy because while doing research on transmedia and just even finding out what it was, um, uh. RB's book blended perfectly in it because it is about trying to activate audience members to do stuff for you. So even when you're saying, yeah, you can post this, um, this poem, but at the same time, don't just be so focused on watch the, uh, watch the pilot, right? Get them to do something. What do we want them to do? If that's them going and making their own three minute TikTok and tagging you all, then that's what it is, right? Yeah. If we want more people to submit submissions to us and then we choose who we put up on our own TikTok, then that's what we're trying to get them to do. These little tiny steps, right? Because the, uh, the, uh, in, in reality, if somebody sees the, the poem and then watches the pilot, they're not gonna then go like, oh, well, you're lucky, I'm the rich uncle, here you go, right? Mm. And then they give you all this money to do it. And you know, What's more likely is that they're gonna want to have a way to participate. Yeah. And if you I think, get them to participate, then yeah. To your point of, you know, audiences wanting or wanting to feel like they can impact the world, I think it'd be really cool, even if it's like, because I get how that could be a turnoff of like, 
yeah, now write us a poem. Like a, a poet would be really excited by that. But I think it'd be cool to that point of like intergenerational. We all had that moment where something super small was the largest thing. If that was the right. question of like, yeah. yeah, everybody go back to high school real quick. Like what this poem that you just saw came from this very, even though it's not a small thing that happened in the pilot, but like sure. a small thing that was made big. Right. Like what's a small thing that was huge to you in one of the, I mean, cause everyone in the cast is a writer. Um, and then sure. someone picks it up and is like, this is what that poem would be. And like, yeah, now you right. get to see, here's here's your high school slam poem. Here's yeah. your high school slam poem. Um, yeah. Even in like, it can be some some sort of exchange. Cause I think that's really interesting of like, yeah, I, I think the whole time we've been talking about the conversation of telling versus doing, um, but I've never thought about the doing extending to the audience as opposed to us right. just yeah. doing the you know, doing. Just talking, and I know you can re, you could like what, remix um, things on um, TikTok where it's like you could do a reaction in time, you know, this person is listening to this poem. Like it could be an older person's like, hey, you know, grandpa, listen to this. And then grandpa <laughs> could, you know, react to the poem in t and, and you know what, you could get a lot of cool reactions from yeah. that as well. Because yeah. then it's like, you know, then we're talking about bridging that gap between this is what people in high school are going through right now. Was this the same or different? And, you know, you could get a whole bunch of different reactions from, you know, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's just like a really, it kind of just ties back into like how we came up in high school, you know, doing live theater, doing poetry, doing just any, all type of performing arts. It was a very collaborative uh, process. And I mean, a lot of our sets for our like high school shows are from the fucking Dollar Tree on like Broadway. Um, so it's one of those things to where it's kind of just finding the power of just us as people. And when I say us, like not like me, it's just like collectively as human beings, where it's like, if you're across the globe, the feelings, there's only so many feelings. There's an endless amount of situations, but there's only so many feelings. And I think that for the most part, we're all pretty in tune and connected with having the same amount of feelings pretty much around the same time every day. You know what I mean? So I think it's finding that when I think that, you know, TikTok or in Instagram or any type of social media is a great way to kind of get people kind of in tune. We were talking about like how it's like therapy almost. And I think that yeah. it stems from poetry. It stems to, you know, comedy, which is like my background. It's how do we, there's all this veil around like therapy itself is like, oh, no way. But <laughs> right. Doing the things you would do in therapy, just like not sitting on a couch, but like standing up at a microphone, that is like totally more comfortable for a lot of people <laughs> right. for some reason. So I think it's just kind of like finding the way where maybe it's like, yeah, we post it to post the poem and then we just like give a, I don't want to say prompt because that there's something about the word prompt I don't it's like. Homework. But it, it's homework. Uh, yeah, it's homework. Yeah. Uh, no one. That's one that we can all agree on about high school. We're not <laughs> yeah, doing right. yeah, no, no. No more. Uh, but I think it's just kind of like, you know, finding a way to where if you have a poem, post your poem. Maybe we can use it yeah. in the development of the show. If you have an idea for a sketch, if you have an idea for like a painting or just anything yeah. artistic, just like go back to this point in time and tag us in it and go from there. I think it's a really cool way from a show perspective and also just from like a sit at home scrolling perspective. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, world perspective right so there's a there's a plenty of opportunity i think we we ran through a whole bunch of great stuff i mean there are those communities that we know you guys already identified that 
are out there ready for something like this. And I think that the TikTok idea, it's so low impact on you guys, right? It's like, well, we already have it. So let's start the, let's start it off. Yeah, right. Let's kick it off and see what kind of response we get back. Maybe even talking to those people that are already doing the slam poetry, those, those groups, um, you know, going back to your high school, speaking to whatever, um, to let them know that this is kind of happening. And this is what we're kind of hoping happens so that there's a little bit of gasoline on the fire. So you're not just going out there and hoping that you're getting a fastball down the plate and you're going to be able to knock it out. No problem. At least get some, some, uh, background on the pitcher. Um, that tortured baseball metaphor. Yeah. There you go. That's what I'm good for. Um, when I played baseball, I could not hit the fastball. I was not one for hitting at all. So it's very good that we're, hey, we're, yeah, we're planning around Right. Well, you know, Frank was a good bunter. I always I drew was. walks. We, I was, we I was getting like pitches, you know. <laughs> well, here you go. Um, so, guys, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. The hour just absolutely flew straight by. Um, so we usually end off giving, um, asking you guys to give your best pitch, but I'm going to preface this a little bit. So I don't want to hear the thing that you told us in the beginning where it was like a two-sentence elevator pitch on the program i want you to tell the impact that you're hoping that this has on um on the audience that you're looking to connect with and um know, and if that's the high schoolers right. and let that be the and high kind schoolers. of invite people to experience it right you know right I mean? invite and people into the, importance, the world let your passion flow out of you and yeah, grab right. people and bring them be like hey if you heard this and you want to participate you have to do it because this is what we're doing mm. you want to start how dare you uh sure um yeah um i think the come up is uh an answer an unanswer to all of the questions that we hold from like youth into our adulthood and that's just how to navigate the people that we want to be with the people that we are, the places that we want to be, with the places that we are, through a very unique vehicle of slam poetry, um, which works in a lot of ways as like a workshop on oneself, but in, in front of other people and performative. Yep. Boy, that, that was good. That was good. Right yeah. Now. That was good. <laughs> I'm a lowly actor. Okay. <laughs> a lowly actor. Well, great. Um, no, I think it's, you know, from like a theme perspective, I think from a mental health perspective with like anxiety and depression, which is stuff that the, I would say the majority of people these days are more open about talking about. I think from a teenage perspective, it's just kind of uh, justifying a lot of it. I think it's kind of showing these teenagers to where it's like showing their adversities in a way that isn't pandering, that isn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of it's like a, this idea of, of it showing instead of telling is kind of like, like, let's dive deep into these like human beings instead of let's dive into these teenagers in the classroom in high school. It's mm -hmm. just trying to come across as wildly genuine, like here's just like what we're doing and here's how we're feeling and here's how we're navigating it. And I think that the goal for me is just to kind of show that the majority of things that you're stressing about are like really minute, simple tasks, like overall in life, like they're fairly simple. And then just kind of like what your head is telling you to do, that's what complicates it. 
So I think it's showing the teenagers at a time to where they're kind of complicating everything in their heads, kind of giving them a chance to like kind of segment some stuff, break some stuff down. And I think, you know, that kind of connects with adults too, because it's one of those things to where yeah. we're all trying to just settle down and kind of move step by step. And I think that with the slam poetry and with the talent of the cast we have, I think it's one of those stories to where you're going to have a really fun time a lot of the times and then you'll have some really dark times, but that's life. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Right. And yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like using the, it's about, it's about the, the power of not like of slam poetry, but it's also, I think a lot of people, you know, they have those, that, that, that pattern you think in that rut you think in where it's like you constantly avoid the thing that scares you that you know hurts you and your brain just says let's not think about that but when you're in when you're confronted with something that could be so like emotional and a funeral you're you just you say something you're like oh shit i didn't i didn't think to say that it just happened and now that i get to now my mind is thinking about why did i say that which can help you dig yourself out of that root and actually cause you growth and, absolutely you know it's a lot of benefits that are that can happen through this stuff so um guys thanks so much for being on with us it's fantastic to run into chicagoans wherever we can of course we had to go all the way to duluth to meet you so um <laughs> that's what happens um if if there is any any possible way that we can help with the tiktok thing or you think that we could be of any sort of resource going forward TikTok master. The TikTok master right here. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> well, TikTok. Well, boom. We're we're trying to we're trying to get like you, sir. Yeah, yeah right. right. If if no, but if there's anything that we could help out with this and, and getting this thing off the ground, all you need to do is ask. Um, we're really excited um, for you guys. Um, and I hope that uh, you know, the conversation that we had was beneficial. And yeah. I we really do hope that this this starts to work out and 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 yeah, that it there's an audience there. We know there's an audience there. We've identified the communities. Let's go and attack it. And if we if you need our help attacking it, then just ask. We'll we'll be there to help you help you get in. Um, but thanks so much for being on with us. Yeah, thanks. We had a great time. Thanks, y'all. This is awesome. Thanks for adventuring with us, intrepid explorers. A lot more great uh, story worlds to explore, like the come up. Uh, there's a whole selection that you can listen to. I don't know what number we're on yet because I'm a forgetful old fart. <laughs> <laughs> For more podcast episodes, um, you can go ahead and just. <laughs> you should have just let me do it. Oh, God. It just ruined gold there. Yeah, he's forgetful. <laughs> he's forgetful. I know. And a shout out to our a shout out to our one and only Patreon supporter, Tony Perez, because this podcast is brought to you by listeners, listeners like you. Thank you. Thank you.